Pastor Ray Bentley says the Bible reveals our identity. This is what the mirror of God's Word does. The Word of God, this magical, supernatural mirror, reveals your true identity. You are who God says you are. You are everything that God says that you are. That's why there are 7,000 promises in the Bible. Every promise of God is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. This is who you are. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. How do we know if someone is who they say they are? Do we take their word for it? Better to check an authoritative source, a driver's license or passport, as they do at the airport. Today, we'll see the authoritative source on who we are spiritually is God Himself. He created us in His image. He knows. You were made in the image of God, all right? Absolutely. So if you have a Bible, uh, go to Matthew 22, beginning in verse 15. It says, Then the Pharisees went and they plotted how they might entangle him, Jesus, in his talk. And they sent to him their disciples along with the Herodians. So we've got two groups joining together to confront Jesus, the Pharisees and the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness, and he said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. And so they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And when they had heard these words, they marveled. And they left him, and they went their way. So Jesus here is being tested. I want you to notice here that First of all, there are two groups that are enemies. Uh, Pharisees are religious Jews, and they are seeking to follow the law. And they do not like the Herodians. The Herodians, they claim that they are Jewish also, but they're in political power as Jews, ruling over all the other people, especially the religious Jews, and they get paid money by Rome to manage them and keep everybody under the thumb of Rome. So Pharisees despised the Herodians, political Jewish guys, and the Herodians kind of were always feeling like that we're being picked on by the Pharisees. They did not like each other one little bit. But both the Pharisees and the Herodians wanted to get at Jesus. So enemies come together. So they had Jesus in this way because no matter how he answered, if Jesus said taxes should be paid, he would be accused of denying the sovereignty of God over Israel, making himself very unpopular with the Jewish people. If he said taxes should not be paid, he makes himself the enemy of Rome, he's guilty of rebellion, and they can send the Romans after him. So the enemies are like together, okay, we got him. 
What's he going to say? Should you pay taxes? Yes. Or should you pay taxes and say no? Either way, we get to jump on him and go after him. Now, what's interesting is that Jesus, knowing their hearts, and I love this, Jesus teaches us that sometimes the best answer to a question is another question. I want to give you an example from the Old Testament where God actually had a believer ask him questions, kind of demanding, and if I may say with a little bit of an attitude, and God responded to his questions with more questions, and his name is Job. God loved Job, and Job had a great relationship with God. He believed in God. He was a great example in his city, community, his family. He had sons and daughters. He was wealthy. He was prosperous, successful. God's blessing was on this guy. And then sadly, in chapter 1, God and the devil are having a conversation, and God starts bragging about Job. Oh, have you seen Job? He's so awesome. He loves me so much. The devil goes, well, of course he loves you. Why wouldn't he? You've got him all blessed, and he's all happy and healthy and wealthy and successful, and you won't let, let nothing happen to him, but I'll tell you what, I know Job deep down. You take all that cool stuff away, because he really loves you. What Satan's accusation is that Job only loves you for your stuff that you give him. He doesn't really love you. Ooh. So God goes, okay, you can go this far. Sadly for Job, that was pretty far. He loses sons and daughters overnight. His business collapses. His success goes out the window. Everything falls apart. And last of all, he's got boils head to toe. He loses his health, but he's still alive, suffering. Why God? Why me? Why now? Why this? Here's what I have done for you, and now this is how you treat me. Da, 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 you know. And he goes on, and God allows it. So here's good news for all of us have been there. All of us have been frustrated. All of us have said, God, why? You're so big and powerful and loving. Why did this happen? Why to me? Why now? And we shake our fist. Good news about dad. He's got big shoulders. He can take it. And the beautiful thing about Job is, rather than talking just to his friends or to nature, he talked to God and he bared his soul. That's prayer. That's relationship. Raw, real honesty. You can be real with God. You can be honest with God. God can handle it. But here's what's interesting. After all his questions, and he's waiting. He's just like you and I, you know. He didn't see anything. He's just praying by faith to God, who's the creator, but invisible, until all of a sudden, oops, God, literally, his presence, his power, his glory, and his voice shows up. Hey, be careful when you pray. Be very careful, because God may show up in a way you had never even prepared for. And he's like, it's like all of a sudden, where'd all those questions go, you know, right? He's like, I heard about you, but I hadn't seen you. Woo, he's shaking like a leaf in the wind. And then God starts to speak to Job. And in Job chapter 38, he gives, here's what God said. Job 38, verses 4 and 5. Let's read it out loud. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? And then the next two verses. To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? 
God never answered Job directly. Here's why I did what I did. He never answers that question. God answers Job's questions with his own questions. And what God is showing is that not only his power, but his mind, his ways, his thinking is so beyond, we we can't figure God out. And we certainly cannot demand that he come and explain in our way. All the questions went away. You know, there's a lot of people with a lot of clay hands shaking their fist at God of all the problems in the world right now. I wanna take and flip that on its head. And I think that God himself, he could come right down here and say, look at everything I gave to you. Look at all that I've blessed you with. Look how I made you. And look how you treat one another and the way you treat your planet, the way you treat your, your spouses and your kids and what you've done to one another. God's got some questions, don't you think? What have you done with what I have given you? So we have to be careful. Jesus responded to their question by asking another question. But then he went on and he said something very powerful. So verses 19 through 22, we are God's coin of worth. I'm going to read verse 19. Show me the tax money. And so they brought him a denarius. So this is what the discussion is all about. Okay, show me one. Give me one. I think it's interesting he didn't have one. He didn't carry Roman money, which had, you know, the face of a man that thought he was a god on it. So they brought him a denarius, and he said to them, so whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. I love this, brilliant. So Jesus says, okay, so this is all about these coins. Show me a coin. So somebody walks up and hands him a Roman coin on it. So there you can see, that's what they did 2,000 years ago. That's a 2,000-year-old coin. Look at the little face, the little mug on it is a caricature, an impression of the face of none other. He put his name on it, Nero. So Jesus says, okay, who made this? The the, the emperor Nero did. Uh, Whose face is that? He put his face on it? Well, that's Nero. Whose name is written on it? It's Nero. And Jesus basically says, well, if he made it, put his face on it, wrote his name on it, it's probably his. So give it back to him. And then give God the things that are God's. Meaning, if God makes something, if God puts his face on it, and God writes his name in it, you better give it back to him. And that's every single one of us. You are the coin of God. You are the coin of God, that, and that coin, like, they, he, you know, he made it out of gold because Nero was saying, I want to be worshipped as God. This is my coin. This is my measure of exchange. This is my worth, my value. This is what I think my empire is worth. And that, you can exchange that for all kinds of stuff. It has power and weight and the army of Nero behind it. So God says, what's important to me, what's valuable to me, what I exchange in my vast kingdom that's way bigger than just The physical planet where I put my image and where I have written my name is on human beings, every nation, every language, every kindred, and every tribe all around the earth. Seven billion of us right here, right now, bearing the image of God. And wherever you see the image of God and God put his name on it and God made it and God minted it and it's valuable to him and he's put a value upon it that he gave his only begotten son for it, then you better give back to God what is his and that's you and me. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. 
Since Pastor Ray went to heaven, so many listeners have shared comments on what his teaching means to them. You were our Billy Graham. Our spiritual walk has been so sweet since we became Christians. To know you was to learn to live the Great Commission and fulfill God's great commandments. Thank you for being such a beautiful inspiration and leading my husband to be such a godly man, which allowed me to become a faithful servant of our Lord. Well done. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio and the whole Bentley family. If you'd like to send a message, just email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. The ultimate question, whose image are we carrying? You know, in this day of Facebook and Facebook, everybody's face that wants to be famous. Uh, Whose image are we made in? You're not even made in your own image. You are made in the image of God. Therefore, you do not belong to yourself. So I want to share with you, there's a beautiful scripture that is from the New Testament. It's from the book of James. James happens to be the half-brother of Jesus, which is about as wild as you could possibly get. I mean, imagine being James. I grew up, I had this brother... It was like he never did anything wrong, and then he became the Messiah. And I didn't believe in him until after he was gone and resurrected. And the brother I didn't believe in, after he rose from the dead, after being crucified, showed up in my room, and I saw his face. And James is the one who wrote this book. Now, he says something very interesting. James chapter 1, verse 22. Let's read it out loud. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. So here's what James is saying. He says, Don't just read it and don't just hear it, but be doers of the word. And by the way, James gives us an illustration. The word of God is like a mirror. And when you look in a mirror, it reflects perfectly the image that is cast into it. Now he goes on in verse 25, James 1.25. Let's read this. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. James is speaking about what you can expect the Word of God to do for you. He is saying this is a powerful, powerful mirror. It's a supernatural mirror. Therefore, you better make good use of the mirror that you have been given because, you know, what good is a mirror to see what you look like if when you look in the mirror, you realize, wow, I've got dirt all over my face. You didn't realize you've been out working in the yard or the garden and and you're, you're dirty and you realize not until you look in the mirror, wow, I didn't realize how much dirt I accumulated. And you're supposed to go out on a date with this beautiful girl tonight. So that's why you're looking in the mirror is to get ready for the cool date with the beautiful girl. 
And then you look and you notice that you have stains on your clothes. You know, you've been out and, and you, you, part of it got ripped up. And you're like, whoa, I need to change my clothes. And then you look at your hair and you realize, whoa, I, I need to put a comb through that rascal and get it, you know, ready for tonight and the date. Now, if you look at that and then you walk away and don't do anything about it, and then you go to the date and she's like, ah, uh, let's make this quick, you know, and she's not into it. It's like you looked in the mirror, but you didn't take advantage or use the mirror for the reason that God gave it to you. In the same way, when we look into the mirror of God's Word, we don't just see our outward physical form, really, but we see something that is not revealed anywhere else. No one else and nowhere else will you get the revelation of who you really are on the inside. And by the way, the mirror shows you what you look like, but you're the one that has to respond and do something. The mirror shows you your hair's messed up, but the mirror doesn't comb your hair. The mirror shows you that you got stains on your clothes, but the mirror doesn't change your clothes. The mirror reveals that you got dirt all over your face, but the mirror doesn't wash your face and your hands. You have to do that. Does that make sense? That's the part that we have to do. But there's another part to it that is absolutely incredible and beautiful. And this is what the mirror of God's Word does. Because the mirror of the Word of God, there's no other place on the planet Earth that does this. The Word of God, this magical, supernatural mirror, reveals to you your true identity. You are who the Bible says you are. You are who God says you are. This is your true identity. That's why I encourage you, look in the mirror daily. Read the Word of God daily. It reveals who you are. You are not who you say you are. You are who God says you are. You're not even who your parents say you are. You are every bit exactly who God says you are. And sadly, many, many, many children of God that are saved do not really know their true identity. And it's a hodgepodge. It's kind of like, well, something, my broken upbringing and parents, but it wasn't quite. And then it's what I've tried to do and what other people have thrown on me, and it's bad. No, 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 no. You are who God says you are. You are everything that God says that you are. That's why there are 7,000 promises in the Bible. Every promise of God is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. This is who you are. So I want to just share with you, you know, in just a minute, you know, in my walk, in my relationship with God, and how does God speak to me? Or what do I hear? What is he saying to me? He takes what I read in the Word, and in my personal daily prayer life, God personalizes all of that that's in the Word that tells me who I really am. He says, you're my son. You, son, I love you so much. Every day God reminds me of how much he loves me. He goes, and by the way, I think you're awesome. I go, I'm good with that. He goes, I have such amazing plans for you. I've been setting you up for success and for joy. He goes, there's gonna be people you're going to meet this week that I've been setting up for decades, and they're gonna be tremendous blessings. Be paying attention. 
because there's nobody that comes into your life by accident. Many have entertained strangers and unaware, and yet they actually entertained angels. He's probably talking about Abraham, but it's probably true of you as well. And then he goes, and guess what? Every day, every morning, the moment that you wake up, my mercies are new, son. Every day, you get a brand new clean slate. And I'm like, wow, Lord. He goes, and I have grace for you. And you know what? You are highly favored. Not only are you on earth, he goes, but in heaven and among my angels, we all know who the believers are. And the angels see the light and the glory of my spirit within them. They honor that. In fact, they counted a tremendous privilege to minister unto you and your family down there upon the earth. It's wonderful. And you are the apple of my eye. I value you. I treasure you. I love you. I've written things out even for your future and things that you're going to do and places that you're going to go. It's absolutely incredible. And by the way, I can't wait for you to open my word this morning. I'm going to reveal a little bit more of your true identity that you haven't seen yet. Man, can you, you realize how I get excited every day to get into the Word of God? Lord, what do you have to say to me today? Dad, how do you want to bless me today? What are you going to encourage me with today? I get my identity directly from the Bible, from the Word of God, from the promises of God, and man, that will change your life. It will absolutely change your life. Amen? I mean, we could go on with many of them, but I'm going to close real quick with just, you know, three. You, go, you come to a scripture, it's not just to read it, understand it, but the most important part is the application of it to you personally. Number one, we are complete in Christ. You ever feel like you're not complete? Not true. Truth is, you have everything you need in Jesus. Let's read Colossians 2.10. And you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. Everything you need is in Jesus. Number two, we can do all things in Christ. I don't, I don't know, can I do this? Oh, I don't know if I could do that. But the Bible says, here's your true identity. You can do it all. Let's read Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And again, the secret Greek meaning of the word all is all. There's no secret to it. You can do anything. It's yours. And then thirdly, we are more than conquerors through Christ. Let's read Romans 8, 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Your life should be a series of successive conquering. Conquering this area, next we're conquering that area. Conquering, conquering from faith to faith, from glory to glory, on up until we finally see him face to face. That's what God has for you. That's how to live. That's how to walk in the Spirit, how to be a son of God. Your identity is in the mirror of God's Word. God will reveal supernaturally His part. There's some things you have to do to respond to it. But together, it will make you everything that God intended you to be. Amen? Amen. 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 Great encouragement today from Pastor Ray Bentley from our continuing study tour through the Gospel of Matthew. Glad you've joined us today. Today's study is titled, In the Image of God. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. 
When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media, and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His new book, The Final Witness, is an engaging prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. It's riveting and educational at the same time. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Matthew. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.